god. It happened. I've turned 37. I turned 37. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember that 20 years ago. I'm old enough to remember anything from 20 years ago. It's a good age. It's a, I've done a lot this last year. And I'm... <laughs> I never thought I'd be 37. <laughs> Welcome to episode one of the Woke Wisdom Podcast with Alexandra Loves. I am her. This is episode one! And it's Groundhog's Day! And we're still in in-block energy, and the date is 02022020. It's a perfect palindrome, and I am 37. I made it. I made it to 37, and that is a blessing. And one thing that came up for me today was, and I have a question for you about this. Do you remember the first time that you remembered 10 years ago? Like, I think I was 18, and I remember sitting with friends, and I heard myself say, oh, you couldn't do that 10 years ago. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm old. Like, how am I remembering? It was something about cassette tapes or something like that. It was, it was something about cassette tapes. I remember that clearly. I don't remember all the, all the rest of that specific, you know, conversation. Um, but this year, I, I haven't had that train of thought of, like, oh, you know, feeling old about that. Um, but this year at 37, I was remembering something about 10, uh, 20 years ago, excuse me, when I was 17. Uh, and I was thinking about how I had clear memories of sort of a lot of those arcs in my life when I was 17 and, and a lot of my high school years. And it was, it's so interesting to have these memories of 20 years ago and 25 years ago, more than two decades. And I'm, and I'm very proud of all of that, that that's happened in my life. Even, (laughs) even the things that are kind of embarrassing, which maybe we'll talk about on this podcast someday. Um, (laughs) We'll see. Uh, But what's so interesting about this memory, having clear memories of a lot of my life 20, 25 years ago, is that this time when I've had this train of thought, I have this feeling of being exactly where I need to be. I ha- It doesn't make me feel old. It doesn't make me feel like I've missed out on something. And I don't know. I don't know if that's because of my, the personal work I've done. or I don't know if that's because there's something about remembering 20 and 25 years ago seems close, like has some sort of equidistant feeling to the number of 37, you know, it's only 10 years off from 37. Uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because it's a magic year. Maybe because uh, this year I'm celebrating my birthday on a palindrome and that never happens. I have no idea. Maybe 2020 is just a magic year for all of us. Um, But there's something really comforting about having this feeling of feeling like I'm exactly where I need to be because you know what? We talk about that all the time, be in the here and now. And, and, you know, there's many meditations that can help you with that and many systems out there and, and self-help systems that are there to teach you this. And, it, and it's a very good thing to learn about being here and now and being comfortable w- with where you are. Uh, but a lot of my, uh, my practices are to get to that place, you know, to, I don't always feel and live, uh, comfortably and peacefully and joyfully in the here and now, uh, I I don't always feel that. And for some reason, today on my birthday, I really feel that. Today, 
it kind of came right in. So it's kind of also a perfect time to be <laughs> recording this podcast. Um, so I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot in my 36 years and I want to talk about it. But first, for those of you, of you who don't know me, my name is Alexandra Loves. Uh, my practice is spiritual guidance, coaching, mentoring women. I'm an official certified love attraction coach. I study people. I work with a lot of women on rebuilding their lives and some men. And I'm an empath. I read dreams. I do other divinity practices. I'm a dancer, a performer, a wisdom seeker. And mostly, I am just fascinated with the seed of any anything that I'm interested in, anything that's alive in me, anything that's alive with somebody who is approaching me. I just want to know the seed of it. I want to go deep down. And, and sometimes it's, you know, it's not always a fun process, but I'm just endlessly fascinated with the seed of whatever's in front of me, whatever is, is sort of in my energy field. And I'm also just so inspired and intrigued by the depth of wisdom people have inside them, especially when they're consciously finding themselves, when they're consciously aware of who they are in this life and the world around them. It's just so inspiring to me. So today, in honor of this first episode and my birthday, I want to share a little more about myself, my wisdom, and at the end, I have a little question for you or kind of a little to do for you um, so that you may inspire yourself with your own wisdom. So 36 was intense. This past year being 36 was intense. It started with a car accident. Uh, it hurt my body, but I recovered pretty quickly. Um, uh, after that, I was sort of thrust out of uh, living comfortably as a hermit. <laughs> um, I just kept getting signs that I could not be a hermit anymore. And I was holding on to that very, very tightly. Um, I got in another car accident. Uh, I went on a spiritual journey to Africa. And I'll talk more about that later. I got in a third car accident. It was about two weeks before I left for Africa. Um, I won the lottery. Yes, I did. I won the lottery. Uh, it was told to me in a dream that I win the lottery and um, by somebody else who had a dream about me. And I was like, okay, I'll buy a lottery ticket. And I did, and I won it. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not a millionaire. I, <laughs> I'd i love to be able to do a whole podcast on like how I became a millionaire of <laughs> a lottery ticket. Um, but it was not $10. I, you know, it was, it was significant enough that I'll, I always remember the time that I won the lottery. Um, and I always remember the guy's face in the store who was like, dude, this is a winning ticket. It was such an awesome experience. Um, I also raised a lot of funds to help kids in Africa last year in a very short period of time is staggering how fast it happened. And uh, so these are a few of the highlights of my years that the, the roses and the thorns, the petals and the thorns, as they say. And there's something about this year. And I hope you can feel if you can't, I'll feel it enough for more than just me. There's something about 2020 that has me feeling ignited. And then by the time we got to this second month, which is also my birthday month, uh, that I just feel like I'm on fire. And I think it's not just me. I think there's something very um, juicy about this year. I think there's something um, I'm seeing just in my own social media and people around me that there's something is, there's a lot of phoenixes rising and there's a lot of people getting real in a way that I, I really, makes me feel good about the world. Um, so anyway, I want to share with you eight things, eight things that I really learned this year. And, um, 
I already have, listen, I already have a Facebook group for Woke Wisdom Podcast. So it's just on Facebook, Woke Wisdom Podcast. And I'll post a couple of things because I want to hear what, you know, what you learned this year. It doesn't have to be your birthday right now, but just like maybe what you learned in 2019. Um, and of course, like if any of these things are, are, you know, hitting home for you, let me know on that um, Facebook page and get a conversation started. Cause I actually want this podcast to grow and I want to grow with you. So let's do this. Okay. Number one, the first thing I learned, and this is totally reinforced yesterday when I went and celebrated my birthday with the sweetie is that to remember to be a kid and remember to bring in those, my best feelings of, of being a kid uh, into my life. And there's, there's a lot of ways that can be interpreted. And I am specifically more specifically talking about the times in my life where I have been free for long periods of time to really just enjoy the atmosphere around me and friends and fun without the stress of survival, without the stress of, uh, having to pay the bills or to do list or, getting to sleep before a certain time because I have to do this other thing as soon as I wake up in the morning and you know, all of that. And of course that's part of life. That's part of getting older. That's part of living in the system. We all agree to here. However, I just want to tell you uh, the last time I remember having this feeling like, well, okay. I want to say the last time I was living day to day in this feeling, I remember it very clearly when I became conscious of this freedom and this, wow, I'm a kid. <laughs> I was 13. And I remember, now I grew up in a, a small community in uh, Saudi Arabia, and we lived on a very closed compound, like a military compound, if you have an idea of what a military compound was like. It was not a military compound, but that's basically what it was. And we lived on the beach. It bordered one side of our compound. And I remember with my friends, we got on our bikes, it was one summer, and we'd spent the whole summer going from the beach to the pool, to the pool, to the beach, to going to each other's houses, to eat, to making Totino's party pizza. Oh my God, I love Totino's party pizza. It tastes like cardboard. If I were to have it now, it tastes like cardboard. But back then, we loved it. Uh, Totino's hamburger pizza. And, um, and, and I remember that day, we've been doing that all summer, and I remember how free it was to just ride your bike to your friend's house and then to the beach and then hang on the beach and then fall asleep on the beach and then build a sound castle they go to the pool and rinse off at the pool and, and um go home and i remember going home and my mom was like you have to go to piano lesson i went to piano lesson i started to ride back and i remember stopping my bike the sun was going down and i was standing there in the heat of the day and i felt sun-kissed and i and i felt i remember laughing at you know the things that happened that day and i'm watching this crab i stopped to watch this crab. it was a beach community so sometimes the crabs would get into the community and kind of walk, you know, it was rare, but you saw it every once in a while. And this crab was walking by me. And I remember just kind of like sitting on my bike with my foot on the curb and just watching, having the time to just like chill out and watch this crab and remembering the day and having fun. And all of a sudden in that moment, I was conscious of like, wow, this is an amazing, how cool is it that I just had all this fun? Will it be like this forever? <laughs> and it was such a great feeling of, of warmth and being fulfilled. And I realized that when in the last few years when I've been like, okay, this is how I'm going to manifest my life. This is how I'm going to change it. This is how I want to live. I want to have more moments where I feel like a kid and I had to define that for myself. And it was this moment. It was this moment where I felt like, wow, like how much fun is this, you know? And I now try to bring more of that into my life. 
I had moments last year, especially after a couple car accidents, the first two car accidents, where I was not remembering that about how important that is to have in my life. Even if I can't, if I can't spend a week like, if I could spend a week like that, oh my God, it'd be amazing. But that's not always feasible. And so to have afternoons or moment, even if it's just a moment that I could have create for myself where I could create that feeling of fun and awe and warmth and wonder and, and excitement and, and relaxing in, in that moment, that situation is like living in the, it's also part of living in the moment. And I know we say that, and that's, that's a goal for a lot of us, but it's not always that easy for all of us to, to do that. And it, it really, you do have to practice at it. And so, um, last night for my birthday, a sweetie took me to this place called DIY bar here in Portland and you go in it's kind of like those places where you paint and do wine you know what I'm talking about the you drink wine and you paint something right well it's like that but it's different projects so like you're putting wood together sometimes and you're there for a few hours and maybe you're making a wallet or a, a coolie thing for for a shot glass for a for a flask and and I'll post a picture of this on the face. We have a Facebook group already it's called woke wisdom podcast it's a, it's a Facebook page I'll post this in the page my sweetie took pictures of me and um, I was so glowing and happy and I had so much fun. Like you can see it in my face. I'm, I'm just, I'm having so much fun. And I felt like a kid and it was, it was for afternoon, you know, I, I work a lot. So it was so nice to celebrate my birthday in that way. And, you know, we had wine and we went to my favorite restaurant. I love Ethiopian food. We went to Ethiopian food. And um, it really was a great time. And I had that feeling and I was so grateful to have that in my life. And it takes so much pressure off of the other things in my life. And so now I'm embodying that, that that is actually a part of my self-care is to find that kid in me, to find that those times when I can feel moments, if not after, you know, afternoons, if not moments of the, just that feeling of being a kid, you know, I, I really loved that. Uh, and I'm very grateful that I, I had somebody in my life that helped me create that for myself. Um, Okay, here's the second thing. Smear campaigns. <laughs> Smear campaigns don't work on me. I know this now. I'm 37 and I know this now. It's Groundhog's Day and I've had a few smear campaigns and there's been some times when I'm like, hasn't this already happened? I feel like this is this has already happened. And um here's the thing. I attract all. I attract really awesome people. I attract people that inspire me. I also, you know what? I have a lot of light. So do you. You have a lot of light. You have a lot of amazing things about you. And sometimes you're going to attract vampires, as did I. Um, you know, and I probably still will attract them here and there. I know what to do about it. I, I know how to see them a million miles away. But there was a lot of times when I dated vampires, I worked with vampires, I was in community with vampires. And by vampire, if you don't know what I mean, I mean somebody who's toxic and manipulative. There's You can look some of this stuff up. And we're going to talk a lot about vampires next week on the next episode. But really... Um, I've been in situations where when I exit the situation with that person, with that toxic person, that what follows after is a smear campaign because that person, for whatever reason, but a lot of times it's designed to get people to not like me, to isolate people from me or me from people, to, um, I don't know, cover their tracks. You know, a, a lot of the people I'm talking about had a lot of lies surrounding them, had a lot of abuses that they performed surrounding them. And, you know, I think it's just you know, really nasty way to save face, whatever, you know, there's many reasons. And we're also talking about people who I'm talking specifically about people who are unwell, who have personality disorders, who are maybe operating from some trauma that they may have had. Um, 
but here's how I found out that smear campaigns don't work on me. And now I embody it. And there's a reason why it's important that I embody this for myself. And that is, I never know when the smear campaign is happening, like right after. It always comes back to me like months or years after from mutual friends who didn't believe in what this person was saying or doing in the first place about what this, this person was saying or doing or, you know, trying to get people to believe about me. And so they just never told me. It just never came up and they didn't stop being friends with me or contacting me. And they knew me well enough. They knew who I was and how I operate. And they knew me well enough to know that it wasn't what the person was saying wasn't real. And so that's how I found out that smear campaigns don't work on me. But before I really knew that, I used to be so attached to that I want to leave everyone in a good place. And I don't want to be misunderstood by anyone, even if they were a vampire to me, toxic to me, or abusive to me, or try to hurt my business, or separate me from my friends, or to ruin parts of my life. I still wanted to leave them in a better place. I still had that ideal. And while that's like a great ideal, if you're being abused by, if I'm being abused by somebody, walk away. That is the kindest thing you can, is just get out, right? And so it's important for me to know that smear campaigns don't work on me and now I embody it um, because the truth is I can't stop it. There's always gonna be trolls. There, there might be future people in my life or groups or organizations in my life that uh, try to make me smaller, try to take me down, try to tell lies about me. And the only thing I can do is really stand in my integrity, stand in my truth and just keep going and know that I'm supported and know that the people around me who want to be around me, who want to see the truth about me will either, either know, or at least start a dialogue conversation with me about like what they've heard. And, and we can find understanding if, if, you know, for, for whatever damage that had been done. It gives me this freedom to just not care about, you know, <laughs> bullshit. That's not my, my business. I love that bullshit. That's not my business, right? <laughs> it gives me freedom. It causes less stress in my life. So I embody that now at 37. Okay. Three, when I involved with, when I'm involved with toxic people, I am not my best. And okay. So before my birthday, two weeks before my birthday, every single year, I get this download and it's basically, I am played the things uh, I'm played in my head, all the conversations, and all the actions I took that I don't really like about myself or I'm embarrassed about, or, you know, conversations that I wish I should have said this one thing, you know, I should have said this one thing, or I should have acted differently. And I used to judge myself for, for this download that I get every year, but really it's okay. It's your birthday. It's time to look at yourself in a deep way. Don't judge yourself. Just look at the things you want to change. And, you know, some of these things are things that are maybe an immaturity level, or maybe it's something that I just don't know about, or maybe it's something I don't know how to engage with a past trauma or a, um, or a behavior I'm just not even, I was not aware of. And so I just get this download of just all of my behavior. That's just time to change. And it happens every year. And it's, it's not the most, um, pleasant process, but it is something that I believe it's my spirits. I believe it's my spirits just saying, okay, we're going to just do this every year. And, and here's, here's sort of the, the diagnostic and, <laughs> let's work on it. And so, um, one of the things that I noticed in the, in the last few years, and it's getting better is that when I'm, 
the times that I have responded to people in anxiety or the times that I've said things that I wish I hadn't said because either they're rude or they are maybe insensitive or the times I've shown up and put on my coach's hat when I shouldn't have put on my coach's hat, you know, when I maybe hadn't earned their permission or was giving advice when somebody was not asking for advice, you know, um, or times when somebody was doing something that I should have created a boundary. And when I did create the boundary, it just wasn't done in a, the most graceful, compassionate way. Those times I tend to beat myself up and that can happen whether you have uh, toxicity from somebody else in your life or not. But I've noticed that I do that more when I, to anyone in my life, when I ha when I am dealing with a vampire, when I'm dealing with somebody super toxic and manipulative who is sucking the life out of me. Because when that's happening in my life, when I have a toxic person in my life who's really sucking the life out of me, I start to get on edge. I start to not just be in flight, flight or flight mode when I'm with them, but with, with everybody, everywhere I am. And so instead of kind of taking a step back and and I don't have this problem as much anymore or hardly at all because I don't allow those types of people to get close to me. I can see them now from a long time far away it took me a long time to get my my <laughs> my own sort of energetic PhD in dealing with vampires I am now a vampire slayer um but it, it really back then I didn't understand that about myself I I didn't know that that was happening and I still have some sort of residual um, uh, behaviors that if I feel cornered or if I feel like somebody's doing something that's manipulative and you know what, hey, there are some narcissistic qualities and there are some behaviors that we all do to man manipulate each other. Sometimes we're conscious, sometimes we're not, sometimes we catch it, sometimes um, you know, somebody will call out and we'll go, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. You know, I, I know that's happened to me. I know that I've done that to other people. It's in our language. It's, you know, whatever. But when I'm feeling that, when I'm, when I'm either dealing with somebody who lives there, like a vampire or somebody who's kind of doing those things to me, um, I just get on edge and I have to bring myself down before I respond. I have to create a boundary as, as coolly and easily as possible before it, it, uh, I get in that place where I'm just living in anxiety <laughs> and, um, and realizing that about myself, just knowing like, oh, I don't have to, one, I shouldn't judge myself so harshly anyway, but just knowing that sometimes in my, my moments that I'm not as proud as like, uh, what I'm very proud about my, um, my responses or how I'm dealing with people. Some of it has to do with, a lot of it has to do with just the pain of what I've experienced before. And that makes me feel more okay to accept myself and, and eventually, and it makes it easier for me to, to heal it and move on and, and change it within me. So that's a really big thing for me is, is to just realize that it's not just when I'm in their presence, but when I'm still being affected by them, when I'm out of their presence. And, you know, I just talked to them on the phone earlier or, you know, I just had interaction with them that that same week. Uh, more evidence for me to be to really get my boundaries down and really start to heal this problem, rebalance this problem in my life, which I did. That's what I did. And I, I've enjoyed almost, you know, now such a long period of time without having these types of people regularly in my life and and feeding off my energy that I feel like a new person and it keeps getting better and keeps getting better you really when you can really get to that point where 
you're a vampire slayer. I know. But you can really get to that point where where you can start to really eliminate toxic people, vampires being close to you. Like, you know, sometimes they're our work. Sometimes they're, they're in our families, right? But when you can really create an environment for yourself where you have a critical mass of environment where you're not with these people, you really get your life back. I truly believe you actually get years of your life back. All right. So the next thing is, number four, I think number four, is that when I make a decision, it is supported. Supported by my spirits and ancestors, universal energy, right? God, Mao Sebulisa, okay? Um, so I want to tell you about how I, I went to Africa last year. Uh, uh, you've heard this concept of resounding yes, maybe, when you just feel it everywhere and in everything, you should do it. And um, so what happened was I was sitting with a spiritual teacher and she said, you know, this is over a year ago. She goes, you know, you should make your, your uh, next project to get yourself to Africa. And I said, okay, uh, all right, I, let me see how I can make that work. Because, you know, what she was talking about was like a kind of extended trip, you know, longer than, longer than a few days, you don't go to Africa for a few days, <laughs> not from here. That's, you know, you'll be on the planes longer than you would be, you know, in, in, uh, in the countries you're going to. And I went to, I went to West Africa. I went to Benin, Togo, and Ghana. And, uh, she, so I'm like, okay. So she tells me this and I'm like, okay, how am I going to work this out? Because, you know, I still have gigs. It, it, you know, my full-time job is, is helping women create the life they want by being exactly who they are. That's what I'm always doing. Um, but until that becomes something full-time and supports me fully, like I have gigs, I have jobs. And uh, the job I was at, at that, at that time, um, I had never had more than, you know, a week and a half off. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to scrape and I'm going to make sure I get the money together. It's, it doesn't happen, but how am I going to get the time off? You know? And I was like, you know what, you know what? And I was telling my teacher, I'm going to make it happen. It, it's, I'm going to see what's going to happen, how this is all going to get together, but I'm going to make this happen. And so she tells me this the next day I'm contemplating. I'm like, you know what? it's not just like, this isn't something that I just kind of want to do. I'm meant to do this. I feel that I'm fully supported in this. This is what I really want. And when I say these things, I often say this to my spirits and ancestors, you know, I, this, it's an open conversation. We talk back and forth to each other. I say, this is what I want to do. Let's do this. The very next day. Okay. Let me say it again. The very next day, we're talking about like a period of 48 hours. She says this to me the next day. I'm like, no, this is happening. Ancestors, let's make this happen. The very next day, very next day, my boss comes to me and she says, you know what? Because uh, I work for a man, and a married couple. She said, she goes, she goes, you know what? They did something with our schedules that made it so that we just have this like really long vacation in the fall. It's like three weeks. We're going to go out of the country and, and do vacation and everything. You should go too. It's like three weeks and three days. Okay. The very next day. We're talking about like 48 hours, friends. So I call my teacher and I say, here are the dates. And from that point on, and I'll tell you what happened inside me was this sort of that resounding yes that um, says my spirits and ancestors. It was just like this grounded, like, see, there you go. Let's do this. And from that point, all the way into the trip, <laughs> despite a few car accidents, <laughs> the things that I had to do that were all, you know, getting the shots, getting, renewing the passport, all of that stuff just happened like, 
uh, just happened like like water just flowed. Everything just flowed together and it worked really well together and it just it just happened. And I went on that trip and I went for three weeks and it was a beautiful trip and, and we prayed in a lot of temples and it, it was it was awesome. So when I make a decision and I had made that decision right then and there, it is supported. And one another reason that's so important is to know that, you know, it is scary to think that you are doing all this by yourself, like without the support of whatever you call it, you know, angels, spirits, ancestors, God, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it is, it's daunting because it's, you know, I always say to my clients, do you control the moon? Do you ri make the moon rise and, and, you know, make it set? No, that there's some other force that's doing that. And I think it's important to remember that you are always being supported. And I forget that a lot. I, I like carry the weight of the world on my shoulders and I forget that I'm supported and I can ask for things and I can get them. So when I make a decision, a decision like that, that's, this is happening when I command it. I'm supported. Okay, number five. My instincts are always correct and I should always follow them. Okay, this is a big part of the work that I do and it is something that I relearn every year, another level of this. And now at 37, I feel like I've reached an embodiment of this because you know what? Every lesson, everything that we learn, everything that we are, you know, it gets challenged in some ways in our life. And it, it, it's something that might break down because of an experience that we have, or it might something that might be something where we need to find different nuances as the world around us changes in those things that, that we have already embodied in the situation that we were in previous to that. And so this is something my instincts are always correct. And, and I, I should always follow them is something that I'm always teaching and I'm always working on. I like to teach what I work on. <laughs> I like to walk the talk. Uh, I kind of have to walk the talk if I'm going to teach it. And and it, I got to this new level of this this year. And um, there are many ways to explain this, but I want to I want to tell you about one time because uh, I want to I want to tell you about one time that I did not follow it. And I think I said earlier how how you know dealing with vampires can like take years off your life. Um, it just takes so much fucking energy. Um, <laughs> but there was this one time uh, when I had, there was this one time when I did not follow a very clear instinct that was a no. It was a no. And I'll, I'll never forget. So I was being groomed by somebody. And if you don't know what grooming is, the very quick way to explain it is it's when somebody is getting close to you and there's like no conflict and it's everything's really nice and they're learning everything about you they're shining shining a big bright light on you and they're what they're really doing is if we're talking about a really toxic person a manipulative person what they're doing is they're finding out everything they can about how to control you they're just finding out everything they're collecting information they're collecting fodder they're they're uh sizing you up and they are preparing you for the different control points they're going to put on you they're preparing you for um, whatever their games are uh, that will satisfy them, okay? And it's something that you see in um, in a lot of abuse cases. The person was, was groomed before it happened, okay? So I was being groomed, and um, at that time in my life, I had been groomed before, and I was starting, and I was really learning how to recognize it, uh, but I hadn't had enough experience with this particular type of grooming to really understand what was going on. Plus, this person had a lot of social... Uh, back up a lot of social uh <laughs> a lot of people who said you can trust this person and so i did so this is what happened this is, again this is a time uh, 
this is a time that I did not follow my instincts. And it's something that at 37 now that I have just reached a new level of embodiment within. This is something that I think if you work on one thing in your life, it's, it's to know, it's like to feel your instincts and to follow them. The following, I think, is the harder part because the instincts really are always working and they're always telling you, they're always connected to your spirit leading you, okay? So um, I've been groomed by this person and we're in this situation where things have been working really well between us and I was shining in, in the light that they were shining on me and and um, and I had no idea of foul play at this point. And at one point on the telephone, they say to me, and it was in context of what we were talking about, but it was about what I received from the feeling of what they said and how it interacted with my body. And what happened was the person said, oh, Alexandra, so much to learn, so much to learn, which, okay, there's many contexts in which this sentence can be said, but the sentence itself didn't matter. What mattered was what happened to me in my body? It was it was such a clear instinctual physical reaction. It was like, if you could imagine a spinning top or like a dreidel, a top and a dreidel are not exactly the same thing. I know that I'm just saying you might know one of those or, or another to understand what a spinning top is. Okay. So like, it, it was like a spinning top inside me and it started at my throat and it went down down all the way down to the my root like my root chakra and then all the way back up and it was just going up and down and imagine that spinning um object as it's spinning it's just like spitting out liquid okay and that liquid would be would be adrenaline are you following me like i just felt this like spindle up and down this this is related to kundalini this is um uh related to um lots of ancient imagery about the um, instinctual uh, snakes that go up and down your spine. It, you know, we can talk about all that later. But anyway, all of this energy, all this adrenaline, and it created a pit in the middle of me. And it was the sinking pit of no, everything about it was like, no, it made me sweat. Everything in me was, was saying, was just like, be careful, be careful. Be careful. I imagine it's almost the same feeling as if I was like a cave person and I was walking and I was picking cherries or picking something that I could make into what, you know, back then would be the equivalent to my chocolate chip cookies today. And I, <laughs> and I was picking, I was so excited about it. I'm just totally in bliss of, of creating a, some food for myself and enjoying the sun and everything. And then my instincts would know that there is a saber toothed tiger behind me that is stalking me. Like, that feeling it was so ancient and instinctual and primal no be careful get out be on alert that was the exact clear uh feeling that this sort of spindly adrenaline hole in the middle of me was doing <laughs> and for some reason <laughs> my brain came in that night so i got off the phone and everything right after that i was like wait what what is this what is this what is this? um and for some reason, I bypassed, my brain came in and like said, no, 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 you'll be fine. No, 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 you can ignore that. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not real. It just completely bypassed all of that very clear resounding no feeling. It was just so clear. And as a result, I proceeded with this person and it turned into a big, hot mess and really my responsibility in that was I should have not engaged with that person because it turned out that person very unwell, <laughs> very well, and really bad for me, really bad for a lot of people. And it did take away, it did, I made the choice 
because of letting my brain bypass, it did take away a lot of my life. Not in that I was dying. It just sucked so much energy out of me and I was so consumed by what had happened. Um, and also feeling in guilt because I had that instinct more than once with this person, by the way, um, that this was not good, um, that I really, I had to recover. I had to go to healers. I had to recover from this thing. So please, if you're listening, friends, your instincts are always correct and you should follow them. I should have followed that instinct. I would not have spent so much of my life on that. Okay. Moving on. Number six, feeling everything is okay. And I'm going to tell you right now, what I'm about to say is very controversial. And I know that because I'm putting this on a podcast and that I'm putting more stuff online and, and, and I know that there are going to be people who are going to hate that I'm saying this. And I know there, there are going to be some of you that are triggered by some of this. And guess what? If you're listening to me or if you're friends with me or if you're listening to my podcast or you're around me, you're going to get triggered a lot because I talk about everything. <laughs> it's just part of the game. And for those of you who really want to write, you know, terrible reviews about me because I'm saying something that's not popular, like, you know, self-reflect maybe. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So when I was a little girl, okay, now this is about feeling number six. I'm botting at 37, feeling everything is okay. When I was a little girl, I was in love with comedy. And I loved comedians. I loved comedy. I love comedy now. I, I'm a, a comedy addict. Stand. I like a lot of stand-up. I like really funny, really great uh, comedy shows, uh, uh, like some of my favorite ensemble comedy shows. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post my three favorite. I'm going to post my three favorite comedy shows in, in the um, Woke Wisdom podcast page where we can start having conversations about this. Um, uh, my favorite comedy uh, comedies were um, uh, stand-ups from my favorite comedians, excuse me, are some of the stand-ups from the 70s. And one of them was Bill Cosby. And I would listen to Bill Cosby cassette tapes on the way to sleep for years. I would listen to them for over an hour and then I'd just start to drift off. And maybe some of some of that really informed my comedy. Informed my comedy. Just fast forward to today. And there's a lot of... <laughs> what should I say, arc. There's the Bill Cosby show and the children's shows and everything that Bill Cosby did for communities, and that cannot be ignored. That uh, nobody can go and look at what Bill Cosby did in for black communities and the way that people look at race and the, and the care that went into that show by his, uh, his management and, and his inspiration that really um, changed culture, not just for people who identify as black, but also... But also just all culture watching watching those shows, um, and also when you look at the details of of these trials and these these accusations and convictions, there are some things he admitted to that were absolutely disgusting and grotesque and never should have happened and and he should be hospitalized for, and there also was some sensationalized stuff that I don't know um, if it was appropriate or not. I I. I think there was a lot surrounding the issues that he had and the to and the toxicity that's within him. Um, there's a lot. Basically, what I'm saying is multifaceted. And so, as I was ex as I was like reading everything about the cases and everything about what had been happening to him, and also reading a lot about the things he was doing 50 and 20 years before this, going to colleges and sort of being sort of out of touch, but having a good intention of being out of touch, you know. I felt a lot of things. I felt, I felt confused because this is somebody who put me to sleep for so many years. Uh, also, the Me Too movement was really um, the Me Too movement affected a lot of people 
uh, around me and me myself included, um, just my compassion for people who need mental health care. This is somebody who obviously does need mental uh, health care on a spiritual level. You know, when we're talking a spiritual level, all problems are spiritual problems. And just looking at it from that perspective and, and feeling like, um, feeling very apprehensive about it. I also felt this like love for the way I was, I engaged with Bill Cosby when I was as a kid and also pride for what he's done uh, culturally. And I was feeling all, and also disgust, you know, I was also feeling disgust. So like I, and also disgust for all the people <laughs> around him who were seeing some of this stuff happen and not doing anything. And also betrayal on, you know, when you see something terrible happen, you don't do anything about it. it there's this feeling of betrayal. So what I'm saying is basically, I felt everything. And I've noticed that when we have these controversies, one is happening right now with a basketball player. We are so quick. And I long ago was conditioned to sort of be so quick to be like, it's this or it's that. This is how I feel about it. And um, I've passed this judgment and there's no other way it can be. And I, of course, we see on social media and we see in politics and we, we just see everywhere that there are these fights where people are looking for like the black and white answer um, and, and not really engaging in the conversation in the gray area. Now, I'm not suggesting that that we should, uh, I'm not suggesting that anything differently should be done. I'm not really interested, done about Bill Cosby or, or this basketball player, you know, how people are looking at this basketball player right now. Um, I'm just saying that for myself, that I'm talking about my own inner work, about what I've learned, what I'm embodying for myself at 37, is that I would judge myself. When it came to Bill Cosby, I found myself judging myself about still loving his comedy. I found myself judging myself about wanting to know more about the allegation, the allegations. I found myself judging myself. I read so many pieces, some puff pieces, some... Uh, yellow, a lot of yellow journalism, some, uh, you know, special interest, special interest against and special interest for uh, just a, just so much, so much rhetoric came out of that. The, the, there was a lot of jokes. There's some jokes that were appropriate and some jokes that, that were not appropriate. You know, like there's some jokes that are for releasing pressure and there's some jokes that for just making the situation worse. We, I, we have to discern between those two things. And I found myself judging myself and found myself feeling like I was being forced by people around me, like society and social media and all that, to come to a, a, a black and white decision and conclusion and choice about what I was going to do about all my feelings about this. And <laughs> I couldn't. And that's when I realized that to feel all these things, the betrayal, the disgust, the the pride and the happiness, all about this one person, and there was so much more, I can't get into all of it right now, but to feel all that is okay. Um, because if I ever get, if I'm ever in a position where I have all these multifaceted feelings and I have to make a decision, uh, I want to make a decision or I have to speak on it or I have to write about it. I want to come to a decision that includes all of the perception I have and I'm able to perceive about that one situation. And I want to be able to have openings for the good, the peace, the love, the solution that is lasting. Because this is the thing, we throw people into jail all the time. We kill people all the we you know we put them in the lecture chair and we throw people. But it, the pro the problems that we have are not going away; they're getting worse, right? So so I think we can agree that throwing someone who is labeled as a rapist or somebody who 
um, who has done a lot of harm, having a system where we just continue penalize, 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 we're not putting any focus. Uh, that might be okay for that individual, but we're not putting focus in the right places to go to the root, to the seed of the problem, and uh, solving it from there so that we can stop some cycles. And in order to do that, we have to be able to look at the whole everything. And I, I do that within myself. Feeling everything is okay is what I learned. Feeling everything, wherever I go, I'm taking all of me with me. That's true for you. Wherever you go, you're taking all of you with you. And if you really want to find your solutions and find your peace, you got to engage with all of it. Um, and this is something that I'm, one of the things I'm so grateful for at this time in my life is to just know that I f feeling every single thing is actually what I'm supposed to do. That is one of the reasons I'm here. All right. So we're down to the last two. And number seven is... <laughs> This is something I really haven't ever really engaged with in my life, have never had that much awareness about, and that is, it's totally okay to have secrets. Not everything about me is for everyone all the time. You know what? Sometimes there are things about me, or things I think, or things that I practice, or things that I do, that really isn't anybody's business, no matter how close they are to me. It's something that's between me and my spirits. Sometimes it's between me and my spiritual family. Sometimes it's between me and my, my blood family. Sometimes it's between me and the person it happened with. But I can have my secrets. And I don't know why this is something that I never really thought of, but it really is something that's gotten to me in trouble before. There are times, there were times in my life where I would share something about myself that really could not be understood by the person I'm sharing with it and and could not be understood on such a deep level that it could make the person scared of something i'm saying or it could make the person feel more distance with me and also what i've learned in my life is is i've been so open about so many things that uh, what's happened sort of on the other side of this is that when i sort of stop sharing so much it sometimes makes people who are used to me sharing everything uncomfortable and the thing is, all of us, me and yourself and yourself and huh, you and me, all of us, <laughs> we're special. Um, there are things in our lives that are sacred and, and don't, aren't really anybody else's business. And really to keep them sacred, really, you keep them to yourself and you keep them to your spirit. And I've opened myself up in a way that sometimes really backfires on me. And so at 37... Uh, I mean, I've been learning this thing about having, it's okay to have secrets. It's okay to have the things that, that you keep for yourself. But now at 37, I don't really apologize for that. I don't explain it. Um, I'm, I'm sharing that with you in the terms of this podcast. But, you know, when there's something I know that's just for me and someone's prying or somebody really wants to get in or, or, it's, or it's causing an issue for someone else for me to be holding on to something, then I, I don't really have a judgment for myself or really for them, you know, whatever the reason is that they need it is there, it has nothing really to do with me. It's, it's their business, but I, I don't have any guilt or shame wrapped around now at 37. I don't have guilt or shame wrapped around my secrets. And I also want to say I have a really high respect and I'm so, I feel like women who have mystery about them have been such great teachers to me in the past, um, all through my life, uh, women who seem to be holding on to some secret. And I, and I don't mean like they murdered someone, <laughs> you know, I mean, just, um, a secret that, that makes a, a mystery about them that makes them shine. And, um, 
I don't know how to totally, uh, I don't know how to totally explain this. I know you've seen it, but there are women, you know, I used to dance a lot of tango and I still, I do, I still do a lot of dance, but there, I remember seeing so many women in those communities that, uh, in those dancing communities that just had this, this secret, this thing about them, this way of being where they weren't revealing everything about themselves. You know, in those communities, there's also women who reveal everything as well, right? <laughs> um, um, but there's something that was really special about those women who were able to, uh, it seemed like they were walking a little freer by, by having something that was just for them. Uh, it's also, you know, I used to be a performer on stage and it's actually a technique that uh, I learned in theater uh, in connecting with your character in a deeper way. And I remember there's somebody in my class who's able to do it really well. And that technique is, what is your character secret? What is like the one big secret that no one can find out and is really important to your character? And I remember go, you know, trying to adopt that and maybe I was good at it, maybe I wasn't, I have no idea. But I remember there was this one actor in my class and I saw some of their work after we graduated, some of our professional work when we were both professional actors. And he was able to do that really, really well. And it just, it really, it drew me to that person, but it also made me really respect this thing that they had just for themselves and it really came through on stage. So I have secrets. I have a lot of secrets and I'm not telling you. I tell you guys a lot of stuff on this podcast, but I can tell you all my secrets. All right, last one. Trust in my spirits and ancestors. And I'll make this one really short and simple. It's something I say to my clients all the time. Um, when I feel I'm talking to somebody and my friends, when you're walking around and you have the weight of the world on your shoulders and and you don't know what to do. And I, and I do this to myself all the time. I'm like, I control everything. I have to, I have to make sure everything's okay. I look up at the moon and I remember that the moon and uh, the moon rises and uh, falls on its own volition. It's, it's, I do not go outside every day and crank a wheel and make the moon come up and then crank it back and make it go down. I don't do that. There are forces that do that. Uh, conversely, I don't control uh, my cat. I have two and one of my cats has pica and he eats everything. I can't have nice things. He eats everything in the house and I can help him and I, I can do my very best to help him. And we've gone through a journey. It's been a journey. Okay. I'll post a picture of my cat. So you know what I'm talking about. Um, it's been a journey, but at the same time, he, he's on his own journey. He's on his own path and I, I can help and I can inspire, but I can't really control. I can't control him right? I, I, I can't be responsible for every single choice that this cat makes, even though he's like one of my favorite beings in this world. And I want to be of more help to him. You know, he, he's, he has a mind of his own. And so because of these thoughts of like, I have to make sure everything's okay and I have to control everything in my life. Um, sometimes it, it sort of sullies this, this ability that I have, that we all have to manifest what I want to really create my life by being exactly who I am. And it sullies it because if I have to be, if I am in control of everything and, I, and I'm and i the person who makes everything happen, then I can only imagine and I can, I can only believe in what I can conjure up in my own mind. And what I know and what I've experienced and even what I can imagine in my mind, in my, in my brain is limited. There are so many infinite, endless, options that I haven't even been exposed to yet. So there has to be 
and and I have experience. It's not just that there has to be there. I've experienced. I know that there's a force that is helping me. And you know, we might all see it in different ways. God is spirits, is angels, you know, whatever it is for you. For me, it's my spirits, it's my ancestors, and they have shown up. And the more I make my, the more I sort of cultivate and curate that relationship with them, um, it the journey gets better. It gets juicier. It gets sweeter. And I am in this process of learning uh, like a deeper trust. You know, trust is trust is like sort of a uh, an energy that moves into sort of like an amoeba. There's <laughs> it's not a straight line, right? It's it's something that that happens in reciprocation and attraction and um, and momentum. It's it's something that's always moving. It's 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 really it's like an organism. It's like a being. It's an energy, and so. The more I trust in my spirits and my ancestors, the more I have that relationship, uh, the frequency with which I engage with them, I just am always, always pleased. My life always gets better. And I allow, you know, we talk about allowing a lot in spirituality, just allow, allow things to come in, allow things to happen. Uh, when I allow them, to serve me the way I'm serving them. When I allow them to take some of the weight of doing the things <laughs> that I can't control in this human vessel that I can't make happen, then it's like I'm working with a huge team of, of beings that really want me to advance, to be successful, to get what I want. And that creates a lot of peace in my life. And so I trust in my ancestors, I trust in my spirits, and they come through every time. So that's it. That's the eight thing. These are the only eight things that I learned this year. It's the only wisdom I have. <laughs> no, this is, these are the things that came to mind. I actually started with, this is kind of funny. I have a hard time with technology. I actually had 15 things. And I narrowed it down to 10. And then I recorded a whole podcast episode. I started very early this morning on my birthday because I went to record it and send it out my birthday, my first podcast episode. And it actually <laughs> lost more than half of the episode. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to do this again. I'm used to this. I'm used to my experience of technology. I'm used to redoing things quite a bit. And I get better and better. But sometimes things slip through the cracks. So. I've narrowed it down to eight and those are eight of the many things. I mean, there was even more than 15. I, I learned so many things in this last year of my life. Happy birthday to me. I'm 37. I feel really great. I hope that this year is good for you. And as I promised, I'd have a little to do for all of us uh, at the end of this episode. And the thing is, I want to grow with you. I, I want to hear from you. We're going to evolve. As this podcast goes, we're, we're all going to evolve together. And so what I want to know from you is what is the best piece of wisdom that in the last year, from February 2nd to last year to now, from 2019 to now, what is the best piece of wisdom that has come to you or, you or through you? And oh, let me tell you something, okay? If you're sitting there going, I don't have any wisdom, or if you're sitting there going, I'm not confident about this. If that's what you're feeling, I'm just here to let you know that it's impossible. It's impossible to not have wisdom uh, within you because really it's, it's part of the program you have wisdom in you, you've had experience, or if you don't feel like you can draw on that, I know that someone has told you something that you've carried with you and it's really helped you in this life. Okay, so what I want you to do is 
email me that piece of wisdom at wokewisdompodcast at gmail.com. And what I'm going to do is in future episodes, I'm going to share those uh, those things that you emailed to me, or I will also share them, uh, the ones that stand out to me, I'll also share them on the page. And I'll tell you this right now, I'm going to keep them confidential and anonymous unless you specifically say in your email, please share this name. I'm just going to have that policy all the way across because the other thing that I'm doing is I'm having people send me in questions that I answer the podcast and some of them are sensitive. So I want to be able to make sure people know that there's confidentiality in this. So that's it. Thank you for joining me on this first day of the first episode of Woke Wisdom Podcast of Alexander Loves. It's been a lot of years in the making, and I'm so glad that it's happening now. Um, and please, if you enjoyed this or helped with this, I'm just humbly asking you to take a moment to subscribe and rate and leave a review. It will take moments. I've done it for a lot of other podcasts myself. Or share with a friend that you know would love this sort of listening space we've created here. And I would love to keep making this podcast and for us to keep growing together. So thank you for joining me, beings, and thank you to my spirits for blessing this experience. I look forward to our next meeting. Bless every single moment of your day. Right.